Welcome to Preaching and Preachers, a weekly podcast devoted to those who preach and to the task of preaching itself. I'm your host, Jason Allen, president of Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. Today I want to welcome Dr. Tony Morita to the podcast. Tony is the founding pastor of Imago Day Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. He also has numerous books, including Exalting Jesus in Acts and the Christ-Centered Exposition Series. Tony, welcome to Preaching and Preachers. Hey, thanks, Dr. Allen. Great to be with you, man. Yeah, great to have you on here. Listen, today, as you know, we'll be talking about preaching acts. And on the podcast, uh, again, as I've mentioned to you previously, we have a sub-series going where I'm interviewing different authors, different preachers on different books in the Bible and on preaching different books in the Bible. And yourself, you have a commentary that hasn't been out that long uh, on the book of Acts and on preaching through Acts. That's in the Christ-Centered Exposition series. So I've been looking forward to to get into talk with you about preaching acts here for some time. So before we get to that, though, how about a word of update on you and your family, your ministry there in the North Carolina area, and uh, tell us what's new yeah. with the Maritas. Oh man, well, uh, all all of those things are growing. Uh, our church is growing, uh, growing in number, growing in complexity, um, and um, and doing really well. In fact, we just had about a four hour meeting about. Uh, service times and adding services and, and all of the logistics that uh, go with that. So uh, a lot of good things happening um, at IDC. Uh, our kids are getting older. We now have five teenagers ranging from ages 13 to 18. And so we now have kids driving and uh, we just have uh, some some uh, very, you know, things change a lot when kids become teenagers. So uh, we're transitioning uh, parentally, you know, into this new season, uh, trying to shepherd our kids well, which uh, can be a challenge, but overall it's been a great joy. You know, I have five kids too, as you know, and we're now ages 15 to nine. So a couple teenagers in there and then a 12-year-old, a 10-year-old and a nine-year-old. And I mean, I found every season of life with the kids just to be so much fun and enjoyable and enriching. And uh, anyway, you're deeper into the teen years than I am, but uh, I, I hope what I've experienced heretofore continues to trend forward. And if that's the case, we'll be grateful to the Lord for what he's doing in our yeah. kids' lives. Hey, listen, uh, yeah. uh, tell our listeners just a little bit more about Imago Day Church, when you guys planted it, the size of it, kind mm-hmm. of the, the rhythm there weekly, and also update mm-hmm. us on your, your service at Southeastern. Of course, you're on faculty there full-time for a number of years. I know this past year you rotated mm-hmm. really out of that faculty slot uh, into mm-hmm. the pastor mm-hmm. full-time, so perhaps a word of update on that also. Yeah, yeah. Um, so our, our church, we, we have uh, upwards of 1,200 on a Sunday. Uh, we currently have uh, three services, um, and um, yeah, so our um, our rhythm, we have uh, a plurality of, of pastors, but I'm the primary uh, preacher, so I'm currently, this year, I think, preaching 40 out of the 52 weeks, and so um, uh, moving from two services to three was a great—it's uh, it's, it's pretty strenuous, um, more so than a lot of people would— uh, imagine. Um, we're doing three in the morning. We gave that a run because we had two in the morning, one in the evening in a previous location. Um, and uh, we, we don't really like it for a number of reasons. And so we are planning to squash it and add the five back after the summer. Um, it just seems to fit our DNA, our culture, our missional uh, efforts a lot better to have that the evening option. Um, I think it's harder physically on the preacher to come back um, but there are advantages um, to doing the five as opposed to the eight. So we're, those are some of the dynamics in terms of like service times we're working on. In addition to that, I would just say our church is pretty simple. We have uh, small groups in homes 
uh, sermon-based small groups. Um, we have a few classes offered on Sunday, but it's, it's not a big uh, programmatic uh, kind of thing. Um, we uh, we have a, an intern program that's uh, quite robust. We meet with about 15 guys uh, for three hours on Wednesday from 1 to 4. A good number of those guys are, are training to be uh, church planters and pastors. Um, and so we, we have... Um, uh, close to about 10 guys now that have been sent out of IDC to, to plant new churches that are uh, in different cities uh, in the States. Um, and um, we also have a number of uh, international missionaries that have come through a different program we have called EQUIP. Um, that that program is connected with Southeastern. Um, and so we have uh, a good number of folks uh, overseas also. So with the IMB, um, there are a couple of or- other organizations that our people have, have uh, went with as well. And then with Acts 29, we have um, we have people all over the world. So part of our, our weekly pastoral meeting is actually interviewing and checking in on uh, those missionaries. We have one or two a week that we just try to do some pastoral care and pray for them. So... Yeah, that's just kind of scratching the surface, I suppose. And, and then, uh, uh, yeah, Southeastern. I'm sorry. Just going to add, yeah, I rotated off of Southeastern. I just couldn't, I really couldn't keep up um, and do a good job in in, in both places. And um, with the number of uh, interns we've got here, I'm able to teach a lot. Uh, and then itinerant teaching, uh, you know, is also still very much part of my life. And um, the elders are, are very gracious, and they actually want me to do some of the, the itinerant teaching and equipping. But those opportunities, I can kind of say yes or no to. It's I'm not bound to like a weekly schedule uh, with that. So it's just a lot easier in terms of my own schedule and rhythm to kind of pick and choose where I do some of that teaching. Um, so I miss a good part of being on faculty, um, but I, I really do think this is what we ought to be doing right now. Well, good for you, and I know your friends there at Southeastern, our friends there, miss you on the ground day to day, but I'm thankful you're in proximity and still able to serve and minister to the students in other capacities. Hey, one other question here before we get uh, into preaching acts. What are your writing projects these days? Anything in the hopper? Anything to be on the lookout for? Yes, I'm writing a a new commentary on Ruth. Um, It's actually with a different publisher, uh, the Good Book Company uh, out of the U.K. approached me about uh, writing. uh, They have a series. Um, some of the listeners may have seen uh, Keller wrote uh, Romans for You and Galatians for You, and I think Moeller wrote uh, Something for You the series, I'm Doing Ruth for You. So that's exciting. And then we're also exploring the possibility of a, uh, maybe a series of uh, small books on church planting. And so that's just in the conversation stage at this time. I just turned in um, uh, the Gospel Project on uh, one and two kings, and so that was a lot of fun to write for uh, our friends at Lifeway, and uh, it's a really good curriculum uh, that they put out, of course, and so hopefully my contribution will be helpful as well. Um, so, yeah. Good deal. Well, I look forward to seeing those projects come to fruition. Hey, let's talk about preaching Acts. So you've written a commentary on Acts. You uh, have preached through Acts. Before we get to the mechanics, just maybe give us a feel of uh, your preaching through that book, uh, how long, how many sermons that was roughly, or how many months you preached through it, and just kind of the basic 30,000-foot sense of, uh, of what it was like experientially preaching through Acts. Yeah, great question. So um, we preached through a number of books, and um, our church is about six and a half years old. Um, I would venture to say somewhere around uh, 16 to 20 books. And the way we've done that 
because we, we try to go Old Testament to New Testament, kind of in between those sermon series, we'll do something thematically. Right now we're doing like a six-week series on evangelism. We, we had just finished uh, a book of the Bible, uh, Nehemiah, and we're going to jump into John after this uh, series. So that's kind of our rhythm. We do something that we think we need to talk about in between our, our book series, uh, pastorally or missionally, revisiting our mission statement, uh, you know, our, 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 our global mission plan or that sort of, that sort of thing. Um, and so when we pick the book, then we sort of carve out the number of weeks we want to, to spend on it. And we tend to think in terms of semester, um, we don't have to think like that now, we, given the fact that we, we have a lot of non-students. Early on, we had uh, the, our primary, uh, you know, primary pers- uh, people group in our church were students, and now I would say students are a minority, but we still have a good number of students, and I just find that that's a, that's a good field. Some 12 to 16, 18 weeks is my own personal preference before I'm kind of ready for a switch. Um, so we we have to, to do that, we have to preach in larger blocks. Um, and so we did uh, Exodus in about 18 weeks. We did one and two Kings in about 22 weeks. And what we would try to do is essentially identify the dominant theme within that unit of thought, um, rather than just taking a paragraph or two. Sometimes we would take two chapters, three chapters. When we're doing a smaller book like Philippians or Ephesians, we can be a little bit, uh, we can take a smaller text and, and really turn over every stone in the text. But when we're doing the bigger narratives, we, we tend to think more in thought blocks and in uh, pericopes uh, rather than every individual word, you know, in the text. And because we do sermon-based small groups, we don't feel that we have to do everything in a text in one sermon, um, that they can tease some of that out in their groups. So that's big context. So when it came to Acts, it was, do we want to do it as short as Exodus? and Kings, and we felt like this would be one book where we would actually do a little bit, little bit longer uh, than we, we have ordinarily done the longer narrative books of the Bible. So we did it in about 36 weeks, um, I think is what it ended up being in the commentary. Um, I, I, I think in the, the sermons themselves, we were closer to 45 weeks or so. So we basically said, we're going to spend a year in Acts. I don't think we, we spent exactly a year. So that made for some sermons, you know, it was we were taking a pretty good sized text to to be able to get through it in a in a in a Sunday, um, but it was really life giving just preaching this this book of the Bible. Yeah, and of course the book um, comes with much intrigue. You have the church in that early formative oh, yeah. stage. You have these these obvious manifestations of the Spirit. So much going on there. And uh, so I'm curious as you preach through it. So you, you said you spent about a year, which is a, a, I mean, you're not flying through it, but you're moving at a pretty good pace. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as the people's receptivity, did it did it begin to lag towards, you know, kind of the back chapters of the book? Or do you feel like folks were able to stay mm-hmm. engaged throughout? Well, I, I think it would be good to ask them how <laughs> how they received it. Um, I hope they, they, they enjoyed it toward the, the back end. I didn't feel that personally. Um, and partially because the way Acts is laid out, you, uh, you, there, there are different kind of portions of Acts that, that create a, a sense of newness, you know. So you've kind of got the early phase of the early church and some of the early persecution. Uh, and then there's uh, kind of uh, the conversion of uh, the Ethiopian eunuch and then, and then Paul and his conversion. And then you, get, you eventually get into the missionary journeys, and, and they're kind of divided up. Uh, and so each time, and then you've got this whole back section of Paul before the the ruling officials, 
um, that is, is is unique as well. Uh, and then you got some some really fascinating stuff at the end with the shipwreck and the imprisonment. So I just feel like the book itself is helpful in creating newness. You don't have to work very hard to, to do that. Um, and I think people in general, like you indicated, comes with, they, 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 they already assign much value to acts. You know, I think there's certain books like Romans where we spent longer than we usually do in that particular book. Um, we're going to spend longer than normal in the book of John. Uh, I just think there's certain books where people have, they're, they're, they're so endearing and people know how valuable they are that they don't, they don't really want to get out of it, you know, uh, too soon. Tony, let's pause just for a moment. Uh, we have a word of update from Midwestern Seminary. Midwestern Seminary's 81-hour Master of Divinity degree prepares you for ministry today and tomorrow. Midwestern Seminary's flagship degree program is our primary track for ministry preparation. Requiring only 81 credit hours, the MDiv program is an efficient option for students, equipping them to serve the church in pastoral ministry. Residential students will be trained in a unique community environment passionately focused on the local church. Online students can earn the full degree without leaving their current ministry context. Come be a part of one of the fastest growing seminaries in North America as we develop a new culture of discipleship devoted to the local church and committed to taking God's unchanging word into a rapidly changing world. Visit mbts.edu slash mdiv today. All right, I'm back with Tony Morita. We're talking about preaching the book of Acts. You think of the, the message of Acts as a whole, how would you summarize the book, or what would you summarize the, the main theme of the book as being? That's a great question, and I, I think it's, um, it's partially a challenge because of the... the uh, uh, the, the variety of, of themes within the, the various sections of Acts to, to try to overlay just one theme over it. But I think if you were to take a stab at it, it would be something uh, like uh, ordinary people uh, who, who are empowered by the Spirit of God can accomplish the mission of God. So you've got this picture of these early Christians, these early leaders, even instead of of Peter and John, right, that they were just ordinary guys who had been with Jesus. Um, in Acts 8-4, after the persecution of Stephen, they all, everyone except the apostles, went about preaching the Word. Um, and you just got, again, a, a beautiful picture of how Acts 1-8 is being lived out uh, through the life of the Church um, by the Spirit of God, are accomplishing the mission of God. And you see that mission unfold beautifully in the book uh, as it crosses these uh, geographical and ethnic uh, barriers um, until you arrive at Acts 28, um, where Paul is preaching unhinderedly, you know, uh, at the the very end as he is uh, taking the gospel uh, to Rome. And so you've got this—it's a book about the expansive mission uh, of the Church, which is made up of ordinary saints who are empowered by uh, the Spirit of God, um, and it gossiping is, the gospel. Yeah, and, and it is a gripping story. I mean, it, it, back to your point a few moments ago, you really don't have to work too hard to maintain interest in the book as a preacher. I mean, mm-hmm. people have— an interest in uh, in just the, the the metastasizing of the New Testament Church, the growth of the New Testament Church, the preaching of the gospel, and all that takes place. I mean, it is pretty riveting chapter to chapter. I, I guess let me ask you a question. Um, thinking especially of those who are pastoring and preaching Lord's Day after Lord's Day, why would you encourage pastors to preach through Acts? Well, 
66 books in the Bible, a lot of passages mm-hmm. one can preach from. Why Acts? Mm-hmm. Well, I, for one, I, I just think narrative, narratives themselves tend to be uh, inspiring. And if there's anything a pastor needs, it's some some motivation, some encouragement. Um, I think that's why we read just biographies in general, in part. I'm reading a new Spurgeon biography right now that's just wonderful. And um, Acts is inspired biography, right? <laughs> and it's it's uh, it's it's um, riveting the the narrative itself. So I just find Acts to be life giving. Um, and uh, Lloyd Jones made some comments uh, along the way in his ministry about the Book of Acts, doing that for him as well. Um, you get a, a really um, uh, you, you get a you get a, a longing, I think, for the Spirit of God to do something special in you and in your church uh, and in the among the nations. That just comes naturally as you're reading, as you're preparing uh, weekly. Uh, so it's it's personally edifying. Um, to, to to be able to preach the book of Acts, and then um, as as you're telling the story, I, I just narratives to me are, are um, not every pastor feels this way, but they're, for me, I'm, I, I prefer a narrative to an epistle. Part of that's my personality and, and gifting and all of that, but uh, I, I just um, I, I think just telling the story, just reading the stories in Acts, the the, the passages themselves making obvious comments upon them and doing it in a spirit a spirit of, Lord, would you do this again uh, among the people? It, you don't have to work super hard at explaining a whole lot of stuff. There are a few places where you need some theological clarity and there's there's some debate, you know, but overall, I think just reading the story of Acts and how God is working through ordinary people by his spirit is just really uplifting. So as you're preaching through Acts, and again, thinking of those listening to this podcast, what particular challenges or issues ought one to be mindful of? And by challenges or issues, I mean uh, exegetical challenges, theological challenges, uh, matters or passages or topic that, that pe- preachers need to make sure they have a good, a good runway for to work through. Yeah, that's a, gr- that's a great question. Uh, I'm sure once the interview's over, I'll think of three or four that I should have mentioned. But right off the bat, uh, I, I think some of the stuff going on in Pentecost, um, you know, you'll want to work through that and get that at least clear in uh, what you're going to say to your congregation. You may be working some of these things out the rest of your life personally, but I think you want to be prepared for for um, um, the signs and wonders that, that appear uh, with the healing of the lame man. And how, how you want to express that uh, and, uh, and encourage your people when you get to Act Six uh, with uh, what some argue is the development of the diaconate. Um, that that can be uh, a passage that um, you, know, you I think the passage you want to think about as you think about leadership because questions will arise from the people about that. Um, I love the Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, and I love the opportunity we get to talk about the gospel going to uh, uh, across ethnic lines uh, early on uh, in the in the church. Um, the uh, The Jerusalem Council in Acts 15 is uh, super important. The uh, conflict between Paul and uh, John Mark is a very practical, helpful, um, and uh, intriguing story in itself. Um, 
gosh, there, there's there's so much in this. One of the perhaps the most debated uh, in, in more academic circles is uh, was Paul being disobedient in going to Jerusalem uh, when you get around Acts uh, 21. Um, not the majority of commentators that I read hold that, but there are some who do. And so that, that's an interesting uh, uh, interpretation, <laughs> and uh, you, you might want to be uh, thinking about that before you before you plan ahead. So for you, and man, time is flying by here, Tony, um, so I want to, to make sure we get the most of every minute that remains. Uh, just from one who's preached on the book, preached through the book, written a commentary on the book, w- what are some personal takeaways from you? Uh, what, what did God do in your heart and your life as you studied through that book? Well, I, well, for one, I just it it gives me a love for the church. Um, it, it gives me a love for the simplicity of the church, um, because it's not just Acts two, but it's you know little little pictures like Acts twelve when they're praying for Peter when he's in prison. Um, it's the church in Antioch that sends out their best. You know, there, there's so many pictures of the of the of the church that I just love. It's Paul going to Philippi. And you see some new believers, um, uh, you know, uh, trusting Christ, and he writes Philippians to them some ten years later. And you see the how 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 that church began. Uh, it's Acts twenty when Paul is talking to the Ephesian elders about what he's done as a leader and what these elders need to do as as pastoral overseers. So just in my own heart, I think it gave me a love for the church, which is a great label for a seminary, actually, for the church. Um, it, it, is a, then, it is a wonderful <laughs> label for a seminary. <laughs> it's my personal favorite, to be quite honest, because that's that's what what's what you're there to do, right? To equip people for the church, and um, and then from that, as an extension, of course, the the church is to be on mission, and that's that's the other emphasis. It just gives you a great passion to make disciples among all nations. So, just again, as we kind of pull this together here, do any recommended resources come to mind for preaching through Acts? Any particular commentaries you found most helpful? Or uh, just any other yeah. materials you point our listeners to? Yeah, great question. Uh, yeah, I loved um, in the Pillar series uh, Peterson, um, in the Baker series uh, Daryl uh, uh, Bach wrote an excellent commentary, like all of his commentaries are. Um, one that uh, listeners may not be as familiar with, I don't know, but uh, Ben Witherington's commentary is a socio-rhetorical commentary, so it's, it's a lot of background. And so it, it wouldn't be like my primary go-to on the Book of Acts, but it would be a really helpful uh, 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 text to have with you. Um, uh, Paul Hill has got a really good one in the NAC. I. Howard Marshall has a great one in uh, in the Little Tyndale series. Um so yeah, those would be some that I could, and then I, I love. I I got to mention Stott. He's probably the, he's the one I gave to our people to say mm. here read Stott. It's probably the easiest one for you to be reading uh, as we move along. And we we really kind of modeled our series of commentaries after that one. That's the Bible Speaks Today series, um, which has just been really wonderful and helpful through the years. Tony, you've been very helpful here. Just, I guess, one concluding question for you. Uh, any final words of advice you would give to pastors who are considering preaching through the book of Acts? Um, yeah, I, I think um, I would, like every book of the Bible, I would, I would say do a lot of study on the front end, uh, if possible, before you jump into Acts. 
some of those exegetical questions. I don't think you have to have nailed down, you know, exactly precisely uh, before the series starts. But I would want to have a handle on a lot, a lot before I got into it. So to be really clear on how 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 quick you want to get through this book, um, what your aim is, um, uh, your your view on some of these theological issues. Um, those would be just some of the questions I would I would be thinking about uh, ahead of time. Do you want to have some uh, uh, small group material designed uh, to, to 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 supplement this? This would be a good one, even if you didn't do sermon based small groups, but maybe you design curriculum for kids or uh, students because it, it is so foundational um, to. Uh, to, to the church and to basic discipleship. So um, I actually preached through Acts at a church in Mississippi about uh, nine years ago, and my, my wife did a whole children's uh, curriculum uh, for the kids to, to study, and I, I just think it was really good for them. So those would be some questions I would ask. Very helpful. Tony, thank you so much. This has been enjoyable for me, and uh, I trust fruitful for our listeners. So thank you for joining me on Preaching and Preachers. Thanks, Dr. Allen. Great to be with you. Thank you for listening to Preaching and Preachers. For more information, please visit my website, jasonkallen.com.